So um, welcome, Jay, from Overthrow, my little Thanks partner. for having me, Faye. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your EP release. Thank you. And thank you so much, Faye, for all the hard work that you have done uh, with uh, Tommy and with Joel. Uh, couldn't have done it without you. So oh. you have a big share in the, in, the, in the credit as well. Oh, thank you. Um, I loved it. It's a great, it's great music. And it, I loved it in my PR work. It's a lot of fun. Brilliant. Well, you're doing a great job, and thanks for the. I'm glad. I'm glad you dig the the EP. Absolutely, I sent it to so many people. Not not just like uh, media people, but also musicians I know. Like also deaf metal musicians, and they're all like, "Shit, this is sick!" And they were like, "This band's from London, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, they are. Like, yeah, you can hear it. Like you can just hear it's British death metal." I was like, "Yeah, that's true. It's got that special sound to it. It's wicked." Brilliant. Thank you. As I mean. Oh, by the way, I'd just like to say there is a hella storm outside right now. So if anyone hears any noise in the background or if you hear anything, it's just nature being chaotic. Just, <laughs> just to be clear about that. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, today we're going to be talking about the theory <laughs> that people who listen to heavy extreme music tend to have a higher IQ. Right. Which, as a metalhead, I'm t I'm going to agree with that because. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is true. End of story. Yeah, that's it. That thanks for listening. That's it. Yeah, all done. Yeah, okay, glad, glad we cleared that one up. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I read a study, and it's it's it is a theory. It's not mm. a thing, obviously, because yeah, music taste is subjective. But a lot of um, they did this study at a sort of you know on those schools for privileged kids. Yeah. With like high IQs. And a lot of them, a very high percentage of them, listed metal or rock music as their favorite type of music. Mm -hmm. So someone has sort of extrapolated this and widened it into this theory of why does heavy music appeal to those with higher IQs? Is it the music that makes them intelligent, or are they, or are they, you know, are they choosing awesome music because they're already intelligent? Mm. Thing. So I just wanted to talk about that's quite an interesting idea so i think there's two sides to it or maybe more than two let's see how how we go um i think so i think one of the one of the factors of intelligence of iq means that you're more open to sort of abstract ideas and like sort of strange things that are not necessarily the ordinary the mundane the mainstream so obviously metal extreme metal or you know what any kind of genre of metal whether it's thrash doom black death grindcore um you have to i think it, well you don't have to but i think it helps if you've got that kind of open sort of perception you know like what is music you know and you think sort of outside your traditional sort of uh classical or pop sort of structures even though a lot of metal does use classical and pop structures and and um you know chord progressions and things like that um so i think yeah there's that thing of like being open to things that are not necessarily uh the norm you know which is why it's outside of music to begin with yeah on the other side to it though there's something about metal that appeals to i think it was tom morello who said it on the the metal headbangers journey interview uh, uh documentary he said there's something about metal that appeals to the reptilian brain where you can just lose all your inhibitions and iq just doesn't matter it's a, it's a primal sort of primeval sort of 
uh, visceral experience that you only really feel through, well, not only, but like you can mainly feel through this kind of music. So I think in that regard, IQ doesn't really matter because like, you know, you we we all know like friends that, you know, are not exactly what you would call intelligent who are very, really into metal. You know what I mean? Like you don't, it doesn't necessarily make you smarter. You know, I know some really fucking dumb people who really love metal. Oh, me but too. I think, obviously, um, but I think that's like any genre. You know what I mean? You're going to have people who are, there are probably people that are really intelligent that listen to, you know, Taylor Swift or or Adele, whatever, you know, not slagging them off or anything, but like just saying, yeah. you know, I don't think you're, I don't think music informs your IQ. I think your IQ informs how you perceive different kinds of music. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's something to be said about kind of that balance between, you know, it appealing to the primal brain and then the intellectual brain. Because also I'm one of these people, okay, maybe I'm not that smart, who knows, but like, I don't like to over-intellectualize anything, yeah. whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's literature. And I'm an English teacher as well. So you think, well, that's kind of a contradiction in and of itself. But I think you should enjoy it for what it is. And then obviously you can dissect it and you can kind of say, well, yeah, it's in this key and it's in this, using these uh, modes and whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make it any more sort of like of a catalyst to making you smarter or vice versa. It's just, you know, you can analyze anything. But yeah, I mean, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are obviously really intelligent and they have really, you know, high, uh, um, they have jobs where they, they, they have to have quite a high IQ in order to do their job. And they also have this love for metal. But I think the appeal is kind of part and parcel with this reptilian side, this kind of primal mm. thing. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like, it's almost like, like how Jung talks about the collective unconscious I think that's what really is the bond of metal whether it's because also you know when you go to a gig you meet so many people from different walks of life you meet like you know oh, the drunk sure. that you see in the pub the yeah. professor who emeritus who, who, who teaches at a, a uni yeah. and you know they're bonded but they have nothing in common intellectually mm -hmm. right but what bonds them is that primal primeval uh urge that metal sort of uh how could you say uh sort of like turns you on i guess turns on that turns on that part of your brain mm -hmm. um but i think that's with anyone i think that's why i think that's why it appeals to so many different kinds of people whether they're smart or not that smart but yeah. um but yeah it's a tough one i don't know i think i think um i think people don't like metal it doesn't necessarily mean they're stupid because some people might Although, and I'm being very, I'm trying to be very democratic here, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> there are some people who just don't, like, get it, you know what I mean? Or because yeah. because, because they, they're just focusing on, oh, it's just really angry and I'm not an angry person. It's like, fair enough. Neither am I, really. But, like, that's, metal's, like, kind of the, the outlet for that. That's why I play it, so that I don't have to go around and, you know. Exactly. exactly. And throw bricks at people, you know. <laughs> that's sort of, that's his bottom skeletal remains oh, okay cool i'm good now you know mm. um you just so, growl like a demon instead to get out exactly yeah and it's like uh it's it's like it's it's, it's a cathartic thing i mm. think um absolutely 
actually but, i did my my first ever podcast episode was on that about the effect it has just you know uh on us listening to angry music so that we don't have to be angry people because you know we've got jobs and families and shit we can't hmm. walk around being aggressive all the time so we use it as a sort of mechanism it's sort of a healthy way to get our anger out i guess 100 percent, and it's definitely like analgesic like if i feel really shit if i've had a really stressful day i'll put on some metal and i feel better straight away hmm. you know and because I think it's yeah also it, part of this study was that um the sort of because extreme metal tends to be fast-paced Mm. most of it yeah i'm counting like doom metal but i'm not a fan of that anyway so um it tends to be quite sort of like fast-paced and energetic and that helps that does something to your brain it like stimulates your brain and it gives it actually increases your focus some studies have shown and i think that that makes sense if if you're already this very intelligent type of person who is maybe used to being focused and concentrated yeah fit in with your brain if you're listening to something that kind of stimulates that because i i personally like i love tech death i cannot sit and listen to doom metal it bores the fuck out of me my brain goes to sleep i need something that helps me focus and like pushes me you know it's why when people go to the gym they listen to metal you know they Mm. make like some because it's just it gives you this energy in some way and this focus i think yeah makes you more productive in a way I think so. I think there's part of that. You touched on a few things there. So I think, yeah, it, it, it like the fast stuff, like, you know, all like all black metal and death metal, especially, I think it turns on like the adrenaline systems of the brain. It's like, it's like sonic adrenaline. It's mm. kind of like, it's like the or equivalent of being on a, on a roller coaster. You know, you have that kind of fight or flight response that kind of turns on that makes you more alert. Cause it's mm. like, that's, that's what, that's your body telling you prepare prepare for something you don't know whether it's going to be good or bad but just be on alert so that's why you kind of uh you you you're more you're more in tune literally and uh so so there's that aspect you know that that kind of thing to, and when, when you've got like a million notes going on whether it's black metal death metal tech death, tech death whatever um you're trying to like again sort of decipher what's going on you know where's the hook where's the riff where's the chorus where, when's the vocal going to come in what's the message behind it um there is that I will say this though, because I'm a, I'm a big I'm a huge fan of doom metal. Not that big into tech death, but I do understand the appeal of tech death because it's like showcasing you know amazing musicianship, and that's fair enough. But I also like doom metal. I like it a lot because it does kind of put you into that trance. Like if you really just yeah. kind of and as a guitar player, I like hearing you know like a band like uh, Electric Wizard or Sleep. Uh, or the Church of Misery, well, they just play the same riff for like, you know, 10 minutes, but it's like, it kind of lulls you. It's almost like that kind of like, it's almost like a lullaby in a way. It lulls you into this fear, into this sense of like, I wouldn't say calm, but like it, that that mode, that mood, you know, that heavy sort yeah. of downer mood. But then also, then you take something like, you know, Aklis, who, uh, you know, with their brand of black metal is terrifying like it genuinely is like puts you in that state of like okay i'm gonna die now you know it turns on that kind of like fight or flight so mm-hmm. and then you just know about like you know cannibal corpse or a bitchery and you're just like yeah i just want to punch the ground and be a you know a knuckle dragon neanderthal which is great which is again that part of the sort of reptilian sort of pre that early man part of 
our brain that we still have. It's just that now we've evolved and now we have IQ on top of it, you know. Yeah. So it comes the whole IQ thing, I think, is is quite recent, you know, probably in the last like I don't know, five, six hundred years when we started talking about and intellectualizing music, you know, like classical and things like that. Um but uh yeah, it's got it's got loads of different functions for sure. I think IQ testing started in World War One, actually, when they were signing up soldiers. They wanted to find a way to classify people and to work right. out if they were um, draftable, I guess. Yeah, sure. They still so have that were, now, don't they? Where you so if you still, were unskilled, yeah. according to this chart, then they'd just shove you in the army instead. I think that's where they first started developing those kind of tests. Um, yeah. yeah. As a musician. Hmm. What is your role in stimulating that kind of caveman brain, as you said? I think if you've got a good, healthy awareness of how to craft a song and how to kind of take the listener on a journey and have like a narrative thread running through the song, because mm -hmm. that's essentially what you're, that's what I try to do anyway. I try to tell a story in every song, you know, and every song is a world unto itself, or at least my favorite songs are those things. And then obviously we put them together and then that becomes an album or an EP. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like having that kind of having something to to hook the song around, whether it's a narrative or a title or a, or a lyric or just a, a feeling or an emotion, whether it's speed or whether it's anger, whether it's, uh, you know, melancholy or, or whatever, to take the listener on that journey with you, I suppose. Um, and I guess tapping into those kind of emotions and atmospheres um, yeah, but for me, like when I sit down and write a song, um, my whole criteria for success is if it moves me, then it's good. You know, like I have to be physically like enjoying playing it on the guitar, you know, because I'm not the best guitar player in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But I can write riffs and I can put them together in a way that's cohesive and coherent and also takes the listener on a bit of a journey. And being an avid music listener, because I listen to extreme metal by listening to lots of other kind of, kind of music too. So I'm looking for those peaks and valleys because I don't just want it to be one thing. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, here we are, point A, point B, done, you know, um, which some music does. But, you know, throwing in little cadences here or there and again, taking them on a bit of a, bit of a journey i think which is why which is why i think we're so versatile um but yeah that's kind of really it for me like if i'm moved by it and i'm excited while i'm playing it mm. then usually the, the listener's going to be excited listening to it but yeah that's kind of the process for me Faye. it's just like i want to go on a i want to just go into this little world and just you know go on a little journey and and and, and just see to see what happens basically um but, uh, so it's, it's an intentional thing for you yeah sometimes i mean you know see intent is weird because i don't consciously think okay i'm gonna write a song now i'll just sit down with the guitar and normally what i'll do i do this thing i've started doing this thing recently where i'll be listening to a piece of music like whether it's i don't know i was listening to the new Unpure album which is amazing by the way or I'll be listening to, like, I don't know, Cannibal or uh, 200 Stab Wounds, and I'm listening to the drums, and, I, and I'm kind of playing the guitar plugged into the computer, and obviously the guitar's 
on the track are going over what I'm playing. And I'm not playing along to the guitar. I'm just playing riffs over the drums. And that's how I come up with some like ideas. Mm. And I'll hit on a riff and I'll be like, right, I've got a song. Because usually if I've got a riff, I kind of know where it's going to go, you know. But all I need really is one or two riffs and I've basically got a song. Once I've got the initial sort of lightning in, in a bottle, as it were, I will then refine it and then say, okay, well, let me make this a bit better, a little bit more palatable, a little bit more cohesive. And then Scott is really good at, really good at not just obviously the drumming, but he's really good at the arrangement as well. So he'll say, okay, so you did this riff, this might maybe cut it down, put this riff here instead. And then he'll, he'll like help me uh, jigsaw it together, you know, which is how we sort of work. But initially it's just, yeah, me sitting down with the guitar, playing along the other tracks and that's really cool. What comes out and just capturing it when it feels good there. And I've always got a recording device, whether it's a phone or you know, my my recording stuff at home. But yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. Nice. Very organic. I like that. Yeah, quite organic. It it, it happens naturally. Because I play and also I play all the time, you know, you know, when I'm not I remember it, you said that. You said you've got like what did you say, like four albums worth of material? Or something that, yeah i think i think i exaggerated and said <laughs> it was like 60 songs but i think it's more like 40 but that's still not bad i think like you know considering that's still like four albums yeah so i've like and i'm still writing as well it's not like okay i've written four albums i don't need to write for the next like 10 years i'm always writing you know what i mean it just so happens that i churn out song songs quite quickly because it's what i love to do you know and i and i, and I want to do it forever hopefully so uh you know um i'll i'll, I'll send a, a a song to scott i've got another one another one really like wow okay cool <laughs> um which is a good problem to have and he's like yeah man keep them coming keep them coming you know and it's like um but i don't do it for the, for the reason that oh, i want to make sure that you know we we don't run out of material it's just i just just love to write you know it it's just, just happens it's what i do you know I and, and i've been doing it now I've been writing at this because it's funny actually because in the early days when we were when the band was four guys the output and the 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 um the sort of the work ethic wasn't what it was what it is now yeah. you know and I've said this before since we've become a, a, essentially a duo me and Scott I mean I'm working even harder you know not because i feel like we've got less people to work with it's we're working better now with the dynamic in the band because it's so much more positive and you know we look forward to playing gigs and creating new stuff together um but you know in the beginning progress was just slow because you know once you had five songs like okay well, well now we're gonna go do gigs so we just do gigs all the time um and then slowly but surely would write put together what became the first album uh over a period of you know like 10 years you know because we had member changes lineup changes etc um so that was quite a laborious process but like literally the ep i mean like i said it wrote again it took a while but it really wrote itself you know and now the stuff that i'm writing now is just flowing out and you know we've got the second album ready to go basically and you know after we <clears throat> promote and gig and hopefully tour off the back of the ep uh we're ready to go to album number two so well i want yeah, to it's... as soon as possible please 
Oh yeah, you'll definitely be one of the first people on planet Earth to hear it, babe. Don't you worry. Awesome. You heard it here. <laughs> so going back to the idea of this IQ theory, um, another thing that I read was that extreme music it validates our negative emotions. Hmm. Our struggles, our challenges. We feel validated and like someone's understanding us which increases our emotional intelligence, which is in part an important part of intelligence. Because intelligence isn't just math and shit. Mm, yeah. Um, do you feel like that has any weight to it? Yeah, well, it certainly validates the idea that, like, again, you have this, this idea of like the collective unconscious, like other people feel these emotions as well, and they're expressed through uh, music. Um, so, yeah, there is that sort of unifying bond i guess um but i don't know it's a hard one for me when it comes to this this idea people people use the phrase like emotional intelligence and i'm not really sure what that means and what to make of that and if that even is really a thing i think it's referring to your ability to be able to identify your own emotions express them work with them heal them you know mm. stuff. yeah you know you must know some people that they're just cold they're just so yeah. shut down you ask them how they're doing and they just answer i'm fine like there's yeah. nothing you can't sit and talk to them like you can't say oh i've had a really shit day today like, oh, fuck mm. what happened. there's none of that it's just yeah i'm good yeah yeah they're just no, like of this course. constant and like, that's i would say as an emotionally unintelligent person right okay yeah. yeah, it's weird because like I feel like there are people like that who, you know, I consider myself quite stoic. Like I'm kind of um I'm kind of uh, one of these people that I don't get I tr I try not to get sort of overly emotional when it's not necessary, you know what I mean? But like and I feel like I don't really have to because I've got music to kind of do that for me yeah. as well. So, yeah, there is that kind of um element like you said of, of validating the, the sort of the negative aspects but like you said as well like you know talking is also a good way to get you know your negative emotions out through therapy or, or whatever it might be just talking to friends and whatnot yeah um but i think you know there i, I know some people like that how you've described who on the surface they're very kind of blank slate but then you go to a gig with them and then they really they really kind of wake up mm. so I think then maybe that turns on the intelligence, the emotional intelligence, if you want to call it that, in them, I mm. suppose, because then they're actually, they're, they're they're able to access it through music as opposed to words, like, yeah. how, like how you were describing. Um, so yeah, I'd say partly, yeah, that could, that, yeah, that could, that could work. That could be true. That's quite common in autistic people as well, because they have quite, yeah. they have a lot of difficulty saying words. Yeah. Well their feelings or at least expressing it in a sort of socially acceptable way yeah like you will often see people with autism not necessarily with metal but just music in general whatever they mm. they're just they get totally absorbed into it oh yeah it's this, it's like that like my brother is uh is on the spectrum and he is you know i got him into metal because obviously you know my brother and i want to include him in uh in uh, in what i'm doing and you know yeah. we're, we're good good friends as well and he's only like a, two years younger than me and he's gone really into it like really you know he knows you know he, he's actually funny he's really into tech death as well so yeah. um so he's like you know really gone into his sort of realm uh and 
yeah, again, he 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 loves he loves you know going in the pit, and you know he's he's a he's a he's a big guy. He loves crowd surfing, and he's like, like yeah, I'm gonna go crowd surf twenty times, and all that. I'm just thinking, oh, those poor people, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna like hold him up, but like, but yeah, I know for him it's a release. It's, it's, yeah. it's music and uh, he's musical as well um so yeah I, I think with people as well like at what the school i work at there's a lot of uh well a, a handful of kids who are also very autistic but they love there's one kid in particular he is obsessed with emperor and cannibal corpse like he is just oh nice completely obsessed. and he's like 12 you know i'm just like okay. thinking and obviously it's part and parcel of his sort of uh condition i suppose but I'm thinking, yeah, good man, you're going to be all right. Like you, you, you're latching on to the, the, the right sort of stuff. Because, because when you speak to him, he's very uh, kind of blank slate. Mm. But then starts talking about, you know, Tomb of the Mutilated, and he'll just and just gets really excited and really passionate, you know. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool that it has that appeal to, again, people of all different uh, intelligences, intellects. Yeah. neurotypical non-neurotypical people um again i think it comes down to this primal thing this pre this kind of pre um this pre-intellect if yeah. you like um that that unites uh the community i suppose i love that i try and introduce my students to music as much as i can yeah. oh yeah we, the teachers we will um we have like this assembly in the morning and we take mm. it we have each like a day of the week where we do more like our assembly and all the other teachers they're singing like hymns and shit with their kids and that yeah and then my day comes around and they love it because I bring my laptop in and I hook my uh, computer up to the big screen we've got and I just you know I play them I go on YouTube and I'll just play them not necessarily metal because some of them are like six years old I don't want to yeah yeah but you know just anything just I get him dancing and singing and like just it sets a really good mood for the day yeah 100 percent. check out the hymn books they're just like oh oh yeah exactly and then they learn yeah. and then I want them to have a positive association with music I don't care what yeah. music it is but it just it should bring joy it should bring joy and it should bring people together and you know, you're, celebrate, you're celebrating um <clears throat> you know life with all of its you know, uh, as terrible as it can be, you know, I think, you know, why do we go to gigs? Why do we play in bands? Why do we, you know, listen to music? Because it makes us feel better, you know. Simple. 100%. You, I like... think if you, if someone could bottle that feeling you get at a gig and sell it, they'd be a billionaire. Because Oh, yeah. Be... The world the world would be better. We wouldn't have as many, you know, yeah. as much shit as we've got, for sure. 100%. 100%. You know, because people, and they, I talk to people, like, who are not into metal and they're like, oh, you go to gigs and you go you go in the mosh pit. I'm like, yeah, of course. And you go, oh, isn't it really violent and really like you get you get hurt? I'm like, well, no, not really. It's 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 I mean, yeah, you get hurt, you fall over, but people pick you up, you know, and like, yeah, you might get hit in the face, but that's because you weren't looking. You need to be aware. Again, you have to have that system in your brain that turns you on and it's that fight or flight thing, you know, and it's like it's not violent, you're all just hyped up and energetic and that's what the music does that's what it's for yeah you know so You're it's not like fighting it's just no it's not fighting it's just it's just getting it, it out it looks aggressive from the outside and i understand why some people just stay away because you know you can get hurt if you don't yeah of course you can but it's like it's like you know you can get hurt 
crossing the fucking street. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. that's everyone does that. But for me, it's always been it's like a ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like a cleansing. You know, yeah. you come out and you're like when the, when the band's finished, like you turn to the, the guy that you were just beating the shit out of. You give each other a hug because you've been <laughs> through something together. Exactly. You know what I mean, it's a journey, and it's like I've done this in and and I've done it in other countries as well and it's not something you speak about it's just you know yeah it's it's this universal sort of it's universal you don't even have to speak the same language Mm. because you're there and you're there for the same reason and you're you're you have a bond Mm. you know well i'm gonna end this by playing a little game with you all right let's do it i'm very excited i play with all my guests including my own mum brian slagle Mm. Mm. cool Alex Jones from Under. Cool. Lots, lots of cool people. All right, we're um, good. And it's called Gift or Curse. Gift so or Curse, okay. Basically, I'm going to give you five things. We'll go through them one at a time. Okay. You have to tell me if that thing is a gift for the world or a curse upon the world and why you think that. Okay, gifts. Okay, right. So, pretty All simple. Right, All right. And I have question number five. People who will listen regularly know what it is already. And I've asked, yes, I asked my mum this question too. But anyway, we'll get to that. Okay. Number one, and yeah. this is just, it's just random stuff every time. Number one is bubble tea. Okay. Gift or bubble, curse. Bubble tea? Yeah. Oh, that's a curse, man. It's gross. I've tried it. I don't see the, I, I, it's, it's disgusting. I had this, I had an argument, my colleague, she loves bubble tea. I'm like, it's disgusting. I don't get it. I don't get it. I have to agree with you. I, I used to, so when I, I used to live in Amsterdam, and mm. there was this really cool bubble tea shop, and it was like when it was first becoming really popular. Yeah. And I tried it, and I was like, oh, I really want to like this because it's, you know, everyone's saying how good it is, but it's just those like chewy. Yeah, it's disgusting, man. It's like chewing it's... those, you know, those berries that you see growing in bushes on the side of the road. It just reminds yeah. me of them. Yeah. They just really like. Yeah, texture as well. I just, I'm, I'm quite. Yeah, no, it's gross. It I don't get minging. it. It is minging. Like, sorry for my American followers. Uh, disgusting. <laughs> no, it's it's disgusting. Like, stop, stop drinking. Yeah. Bubbles, and then they know. get stuck in the straw. Uh, oh. Yeah. No. 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 It's like yeah. like it's like sediment. I've I've only had it once. Um, and never again. Like, no, yeah. it's a curse. It needs to be got rid of. Brilliant. I I totally agree with you. All right. Good. Number two. Mm. Roller coasters, gift or curse? Oh, they're a gift. I love a roller coaster. Yeah, love a roller. Yeah, yeah. I used to be terrified of roller coasters when I was a kid, and then I went. A, I went to one in uh, went a few in uh, uh, Thorpe Park. Oh yeah, they're great. Again, you know, I love speed. I love fast things. You know, obviously playing in a death thrash metal band <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah, they're great because you know, as long as you, as long as it doesn't break <laughs> and you don't die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously which can happen but like um oh no they're great i love i love roller coasters see i'm shit scared of heights oh yeah they're really tall i went on stealth um, yeah i love stealth it, we were on a school trip at sixth form so we were what 17 and yeah. my mates, oh come on don't be pussy and i was like the only one and I was like, That's <laughs> great peer pressure yeah Go on then and i i nearly vomited it was oh the God. worst thing ever. It wasn't the speed of it. It's literally when you get to the top. It's and the it top. Pauses. And, it, and it then pauses. it's in free fall. Yeah. It pauses for like two seconds. And I was like, 
is it broken? Am I stuck yeah. here for the rest of my life? And then I started panicking and then it just drops. Yeah. And it's got the, like, it doesn't just go straight down. It goes in a little bit as well. And it's yeah, kind of, yeah. It kind oh of goes Oh my over. God, we're going to fall out. I'm going to die. Yeah. The saw ride does that as well. It kind of goes like over the, oh. the sort of thing. And I've seen videos of people on stealth where, because when it, once it gets to the, the kind of the apex, then they turn off the engine and gravity takes over. And I've mm. seen it where it rolls back. And people are like, ah! like it goes backwards because it's because it's like a windy day or whatever. Oh and, shit! Ah. But you know, if you kind of, if you kind of, I guess it's like anything like like bungee jumping or parachuting or anything like that. If you just kind of think, right, it'll be fine. We're going to be all right. Then you can enjoy it and just let yourself yeah. sort of, let the adrenaline sort of take over. But um, yeah. Um, but I'm all right with heights. I think you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, okay. I like rides like the stuff that spins round or swings. I can do that. Because it's fun. Mm. But as soon as I get up really high, like, nah, not good. Tell you, there was one, there was, I think it was a ride in Thorpe Park as well. It was basically like a swing and it just takes you up like 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. But you're about, you're about 100 feet in the air and it holds you there. And you're literally, all your weight is on this one bar. And you're just saying, I'm thinking, okay, this is pretty. Ooh. Yeah, I'd quite like to come down now. But. <laughs> I, I like it when you're going on a kind of like when you're moving forward. Mm. Yeah, yeah like, that's fine. On a track, that's yeah. okay. But just hanging in midair, I'm like, mm, no. Yeah, and or, or upside down, I can't do that. But yeah, yeah, no. But I like, I like a yeah. No, I, I like, I like, I like a roller like coaster. Mm-hmm. Blessing. Uh, okay, so number three, sushi, mm. gift or curse. Ooh, okay. Now that's a tough one because I don't generally eat fish okay i don't generally eat raw food having said that i really like japanese food Mm -hmm. kind of japanese food i like is like you know the hot stuff i like hot japanese food i'm not that big into like cold like raw food having said that though i remember i went and saw i was at i was in camden and i went and saw malevolent creation with a friend of mine we went back to the to the dev and uh my friend who was working there at the time he got a bunch of free sushi from one of the places around the corner and i was so drunk and so hungry i ate a whole tray of sushi to myself and was like oh my god this is the best thing ever you know um but yeah like sober i wouldn't normally go for it yeah um having said that it's pretty cool like it's cool food it looks cool as well like i like i like the presentation of it i like i like the idea of it so i would say even though i don't generally eat it i would still say it's a, i'd say it's a gift i would eat my own body weight in sushi if i physically could i, love I used to go i remember when um sushi became a big thing over here um and they had yo sushi mm. plates oh that, that was great but again i used to just eat the hot food there's one um, of them in every airport I've ever seen. Yeah, I think there's like a few still in London, but they kind of yeah. they were they were everywhere, and they kind of like stopped becoming like whenever when they had Japanese restaurants all over the place now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love the Yoshi sushi. It's good. Yeah, so definitely a gift, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Number four. <clears throat> yeah. Quite a British one. I'm thinking okay. a lot of people will know this, but I will explain anyway. Marmite mm-hmm. gift. Ooh, I knew you were going to say that. And for those listening who doesn't know what Marmite is, it's described as yeast extract, which sounds really unappealing. 
And it's like you get this jar, this black jar with a little yellow lid on it, and it's like this thick, black, sticky, very, very savoury, almost acidic. um, And you're meant to put it in soups and stews and stuff, but we, you know, us Brits, we just slap it on some toast. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah, Um, exactly. My dad puts it under cheese on toast and eats that. Yeah, that's a very British thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, toast, stuff yeah. on toast is just British, isn't it? So, and, Marmite, what are you saying? Well, so, and obviously also for uh, people, say so you've got listeners in America. So, okay, so the ad campaign with Marmite has always been, they've always said you either love it or you hate it, mm. right? And it's true. You've never met anyone that says, oh, I kind of like it. You either, it's like, oh, my God, it's really nice. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Get it away from me. Like the smell that I fall into the love category. I really like it. Yeah. I've been eating it since I was like a baby. Mm-hmm. Marmite on toast. Yeah. It's a very British thing. It, um, it can get, if you have too much of it, it can get a bit gross because it does make your teeth stick together because it's very, it's like eating tar. But I, yeah, I like it. For me, it's just, it's extremely salty. It's very salty, yeah. And it's very acidic. I get mouth ulcers whenever I eat it, so I really? don't eat it. It's not that like I don't like the taste, because if mm. you just put like a thin layer on toast, it's quite nice. Yeah, a little bit. I don't, and have, it goes you can't really well cheese on toast. <clears throat> you can't have it like super thick. You just have no. like a thin veneer of Marmite, yeah. and it's perfect. I, I I experimented with it a while, like quite recently, actually. I had some Marmite on toast, and I put peanut butter on it. That was really nice. Yeah, peanut butter and because you have the sweet and the savory and the bread, and it's pretty damn good. I've got to say, I tried. Go. The last time I was in England, I love spicy food. If it's, if something's got chili in it, I'm eating it. Right. Yeah. So, and they had this marmite with chili, and I was like, that sounds weird, but I'm gonna try. Yeah. It. it was disgusting. It wasn't even spicy. It just tasted like off marmite. It was weird. Yeah, I don't think you should fuck with it. Like yeah. marmite's got its own specific like flavor taste there's also like there's an australian version called vegemite mm. which i was in australia and i didn't ever try vegemite i never like i, I missed the, the boat on trying vegemite so i couldn't even compare um but they have their version there's also i don't know if it's the same thing but there's bovril, bovril is, i think it is pretty much same it's thing. kind of the same sort of thing but yeah. i think you know you ask anyone which one are you going to go for? Marmite. Those of them who love it. And then there are other people who are like, if you've eaten Marmite, stay the fuck away from me. Get that sh- terrible mm. shit away from me. Um, go have a shower. You know, um, yeah. but I like it. i would tell you one thing I tried, though. I remember I got it because they'll do special edition Marmites and things. I went to the Guinness factory, the Guinness brewery in Dublin. Oh, yeah. And they had uh, Marmite uh, made from Guinness yeast. And I bought some of that and that was amazing that was like it was a proper like really strong you have that kind of like guinness marmite mixture it works really well together wow yeah so so yeah for me it's a gift gift, yeah (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go yeah yeah i'm gonna say gift as well because it's not a curse i don't think it's a curse i just my body hates it (laughs) i don't mind the taste even though it gives you ulcers you're like oh it's okay <laughs> it does like every time and i was like this is just a coincidence and but it was every single <laughs> time i was like oh, i can't eat this anymore this sucks. yeah yeah no fair enough yeah i don't need it all the time but no i like it it's good it's a gift yeah so number <laughs> number five number five all right bearing in mind i've asked my mom this and brian mm-hmm. slagle ceo of metal blade records all right um flavor condoms 
gift a curse? All condoms are a curse. <laughs> All condoms are a curse. I mean, they are necessary, but they suck. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's it. Flavored not. I. Yeah, I've never used them. Uh, flavored condoms, that is. Um, but yeah, it just seems pointless. But yeah. Condoms in general need to, yeah, go. Not a fan. Not a fan. No, yeah. really not. I, I obviously you need them, mm. but they're just terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, they're just they're they're. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, they they you know if they were necessary, we'd be born with them already on us, wow. right? Now there. You know what I mean? Think about that. Yeah. It's just artificial interfering. Obviously, it's ne necessary, but you know. Guys, we have like a built in one. Yeah, like a yeah, one that's just like you press a button. Oh, there it is. Okay, go. You know, it's all just like a second skin, you know, but no, they're, yeah. But yeah, flavored, flavored condoms. It's like kind of having, it's like saying like flavored hairbrush. Why? What's the point? It's, oh, your hair will smell like strawberry. Fuck off. Like, you know, and then who decides the flavor? And then, and then who tests the flavor to see, oh, yeah, no, mm, mm. oh, yeah, it needs a bit more strawberry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like a guy like walked in one day and he's like, oh, sh oh shit, I haven't done my, my, my project the night before for the big business meeting. Shit, well, let me just think, ah. Yes, boss. I came up with this great new idea. Flavored condoms. And he went, Jenkins, you're a genius. And then he just thought, well, I blagged that. It's just, it just seems like such a pointless invention. Yeah. I have to agree with you. I mean, yeah. I've seen some weird flavored ones. They have Tabasco ones. They have bacon flavored ones. Well, surely that's going to like sting if it's Tabasco flavoured, right? I can't tell you how fast I'd run away if a guy bought out one of them. I cannot, I cannot describe it. No, no. But yeah, I don't... But also, like, how you can't taste it. So it's just, unless, obviously, you're going, you're doing the deed down there, but it's like, no. Why would, why would you wear a condom? See, someone else on my, I think it was my friend Steve who was a guest on here, he pointed out that if you're a sex worker, and you have to do stuff with your mouth. Yeah. It might be nice that it tastes of strawberry instead of fuck knows what else. And that's quite a good point, I guess. However, sure. in general, yeah, I've never bought any in my life. No, nor have I, and nor will I ever. So yeah. sorry, Jenkins, but you ain't getting my fucking money. Um, what did what did Brian Slagle say? I have to know. <laughs> he was so I was so nervous to ask him. Yeah. Such respect for that man. Right. What he's done for the meta industry. And I, I also I said to him, yeah. I'm so sorry, but yeah. I have to. I have uh, to ask you this. I asked my mom, you know, you you, you can't uh yeah. I can't sidestep you, Mr. Slagle. Yeah. Exactly. Like you you're a big boy, you can handle it, right? Yeah. Um and he he laughed and he was like, Well, maybe you should ask my girlfriend that question. <laughs> I was like, bad. he was like, you should, she'd probably give a better answer than me. But you know, he said he, he's very diplomatic. He was like, 
I guess they have their use, otherwise they wouldn't be around. I'm like, well, like you said, the sex worker thing kind of makes sense, but also yeah. like you know, you would you would think to like wash yourself before you were going to go and like see a sex worker, no? And then you'd be I tweaked. can tell you now, as a single woman, men need to wash themselves. Yeah, no, this is true. You hear that, men? Wash yourselves, otherwise you're going to be wearing strawberry fucking condoms for the rest of your life. Absolutely, yeah. because so. Curse, curse to all condoms. Flavored ones, it's just like. I think the best ones I've seen are glow in the dark ones. Oh, now that, now that is that 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 could be interesting. But glow in the dark isn't a flavor. That's just that's no, just but like... as in like a novelty condom, like, yeah. and they market you the marketing. Try and guess what guess what they market is with like the picture on social media. Yeah, uh, like I don't know, like stag do's or whatever, or I don't know, lightsabers. Oh, okay, yeah. See, but that's that only works if you've got two. Uh, oh, direct. they did right, yeah. So you'd have to be a call up my friend, and be like, Hey man, I've got these uh, yeah. light up condoms. You want to have a sword fight? Like, uh, don't call me again. <laughs> like, are you, you know? okay? Yeah, you're right, man. Like, do you want to talk to someone? Seriously. Um, so that yeah. that would be funny, but the flavor condom thing, nah, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I just came up with a great idea. Okay, go on <laughs> So you know party poppers. Yeah. Right. So you should make one where, like, as soon as you ejaculate, it becomes like a party popper. <laughs> but then that might be quite like messy for the for the for the lady. But even so, if you messy. did it like try painful. You, painful. Okay. No, yeah. So you'd have to do it in a way that it doesn't harm your. Yeah. You know your friend but just imagine like you know you blow and then there's just a fucking you know what do you call it confetti but no do you know what it's probably a bad idea it's probably not a good idea to do that i mean if you aim it properly try and keep explosives like away a celebration from like exactly a celebration. that's what i'm saying like a celebratory or like or like oh when it when you when you uh ejaculate it plays music like triumphant music <laughs> Like, like, I don't know, like, like, like when a like Ryanair Rocky. plane lands and they play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be good. All right. Yeah, musical. Yeah, going back to music, musical condoms. That's what we need. I would get behind musical condoms. That would be the only contraceptive that I could put my name to. Maybe we'll make overthrow musical con condoms that you know when you when you jizz. It plays Ascension of the Into. There you go. Hun, you should be writing this down. This is gold. This Man, is. Uh, this is. Um, I'm going to copyright this. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. So but yeah. On no. that note, thank you very much for. We'll just leave that hanging in the air. That that image. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Thank you, Faye. This is great fun. Thank you for your time. It's wicked. Um. Yeah. And like I said, congratulations to the EP. Um, thank you very much. Ascension of the Entombed. Available everywhere. Just saying, I've only been wanging on about it the last three months. Social <laughs> media. You've been beating that drum for ages. Yeah. I have, and it's worth it. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. mate. Appreciate you. <laughs>